Here are the latest dates for live Smod Pods. February 6th, HBO at the Hollywood Improv. Jason News at the Wizard World Madison Comic Con, February 6th through 8th. Babylon at the Hollywood Improv back on February 13th. Portland, Oregon gets an evening with Kevin Smith on February 19th. Two shows are booked and one is already sold out. Jay and Bob get old in Vancouver on February 20th. Ralph and Kev, Babylon at the Hollywood Improv, February 27th. Jay and Silent Bob at the Pasadena Ice House on February 28th. March 13th brings another Babylon back to the Hollywood Improv. March 14th, the Tempe Improv gets an evening with Kevin Smith and Jay and Silent Bob get old. Also that weekend, March 14th and 15th in Dallas, the comic book man will be at Walker Stalker Con. Celebrate the 200th episode of Hollywood Babylon in Toronto on March 21st, while the following weekend, HBO heads back to the Hollywood Improv. Jay and Silent Bob and an evening with Kevin Smith hit Zanies in Nashville on April 16th. Kev goes solo in West Palm Beach on April 18th. Y. Bry at the Palm Beach Improv on April 18th and Orlando Improv on April 19th. Jason Mewes and the comic book man are at Awesome Con the last weekend of May in D.C. And Kevin Smith joins Mewes and the comic book man at Fandom Fest in Louisville, Kentucky on August 8th. Remember, links to tickets to all of these and all upcoming live Smodco shows at csmod.com. Geek News Reviews Commentary Not just another podcast On the Ordinary Paintball Broadcast Insert random joke here Now here comes your host Kyle A. Barrett Of the World Steve Welcome to the Big Ball Broadcast Episode 10 All the geeky news you can use My name is Kyle A. Barrett I'm a voice actor from the West Coast And your co-host uh, Musician and amateur historian Reporting live this week from the planet Hoth Of the World Steve Really? You're on Hoth? Is that what the Northeast is right now? It's what it looks like, it's what it feels like, it's what it smells like. And you have to put up with this shit every year. You got to shovel like two, three feet of snow, what, every morning when you get up for work? You know, I'm a big proponent of global warming, and uh, I kind of cursed myself a few days ago, and I was like, wow, so far, so good. This has been a pretty good summer. And then, blam, fucking, uh, what are they calling this? Uh, Snowpocalypse? Uh, snowpocalypse, blizzard, apocalypse, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, this is, it's officially a blizzard. Uh, New York, I guess, was supposed to get hammered like the rest of the, the New England area did, but they, uh, they got off pretty easy. I guess they get about six inches over in the Central Park. However, here where I am in Massachusetts, outside of Boston, we easily got two feet of snow and we do have drifts in the yard and in the driveway approaching four feet. Um, I shoveled for a bit today, which is a huge mistake. I have back issues and oh my God, it fucking hurts right now. Uh, so my, my poor wife, all 98 pounds of her went out with a snowblower, cleared the driveway out, but yeah, it's a fucking mess. <laughs> now you can tell that I am not used to that kind of weather or having to deal with any of that. So a snowblower, how much does that cost? I honestly don't know. My wife makes a lot more money than I do. So, oh, okay. <laughs> But, uh, yes, it's certainly uh, convenient to have. It beats shoveling, absolutely. Uh, I actually feel bad for the people that can only shovel. It's a mess. It's a, um, it started Monday night. Today we're recording. It's Tuesday. Um, everything's shut down. Uh, I was saying before I started recording, we, uh, we have a travel ban in place. That's not something you probably hear a lot in California. But no. the, the govern- governor – signs uh, legislation stating that only emergency personnel are allowed to be on the roads. And if you get caught out driving in the roads during the ban, it's a $500 fine, which is insane. But there's, there's assholes out there taking that risk. I ran out earlier uh, before we started recording to get some smokes. Uh, I, however, can be out during the ban because of my profession. I am considered um, essential and, and then essential and, I forget the word and they use for it exactly. And I'm going to get text for this whole podcast, by the way, because I supervise a home for adults with developmental disabilities. And my staff have been there for the last 31 hours. So they're, they're giving me updates on snowpocalypse. So don't mind the blinging you may hear in the background. Shit, man. That's crazy. So, yeah, I'm in Burbank, California, and there is nothing close to any of that going on. Cold for L.A., cold for the West Coast is, you know, upper 50s, lower 60s, something like that. I mean, maybe upper 40s at the absolute coldest. But, yeah, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. I used to when I lived in Texas. The snow would never stay beyond a day. It would just never stick. We had sleet. I don't know if you guys have to deal with that shit. Oh, absolutely. We we deal with it all. I almost appreciate it more when it snows. I hate the mess and I hate driving in the snow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I almost appreciate it more because that means it's warm enough to snow. We have a phenomenon here in, in Massachusetts and other places in the Upper East Coast where it's too cold to snow, and that's really fucked up. <laughs> God damn. What do people do when you're just locked up in your house all day? Do you just like binge watch shit on Netflix, play games, or what? Having my kids home because uh, naturally schools cancel and events like this. Um, a lot of PlayStation today, ironically, a uh, little bit of Wii today, not even Wii U, original old school Wii, some old school uh, Super Smash Brothers, um, a lot of television, a lot of tablets, a lot of YouTube, a lot of trying not to kill my kids, trying to make sure my kids aren't killing each other. Cabin fever sets in really quickly. Well, yeah, and you, in your setup, I guess in your house, you actually have your own man cave, which I imagine you spend a lot of your time in anyway. I try to escape and I catch a lot of help from my wife because when you have two kids, you kind of need two parents. <laughs> they're, they're two boys and they're constantly getting into mischief or, as I said, trying to kill each other. So uh, I, I sneak down for a really quick cigarette, check to see what's going on on Facebook, and then right back upstairs. You can't just chain them up? <laughs> ah, you know, laws. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. God, I remember talking to you like, well over a decade ago, your biggest problem was keeping track of the cats. Yeah, that was back when I had two cats. And then the one cat, two kids, um, one wife, who's my favorite so far. I tell her that. I'm like, you're my favorite wife so far. Um, so because you know far. How, you, yeah, because you, you, I think it's foolish if you ever get a girlfriend or even your wife's name tattooed in your body because they're – potentially not a permanent part of your life. Your kids, however, by all means, go ahead and get your kids tattoos or whatever all over your fucking body. I actually have a big tattoo on my right leg of the Chinese Zodiac for each of my kids with a date of birth on it, which unfortunately I need because my memory is so fucking shot that I have to have their dates of birth tattooed. I've gone to the pharmacy to pick up medi medications for my kids and they've asked for their date of birth and I'll just roll up my pant leg and read it off my leg. And, you know, I, there's a pharmacist I know quite well who will always say, oh, you're never going to win father of the year doing that. But, hey, at least I can do that. <laughs> if he's texting my wife at the last minute, I say, when was this kid born? Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that I only have one kid, so it's hard to confuse too many birth dates. But I imagine that does become a problem because I have a younger brother. He's six years younger, and my parents would always confuse you know, my brother's name is Brandon. So he's like, Hey, Brandon, Kyle, uh, it could be Brandon, uh, Brand, you know, it's like, really? Is it that hard? It kind of is. Cause we look exactly the same, even though we're not it twins. Is. Growing up, I, I have, um, a younger brother's name, Scott, and, and I've been yelled at staccat so many times. <laughs> staccat. Yes. <laughs> um, Oh, my kids, I'm always getting their names wrong. I'm, I'm yelling at one and they're like, what the hell did I do? And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. You meant to yell at the other one. <laughs> Reminds me of that Bill Cosby thing. It's like, I thought my name was Jesus Christ. You know, it's like, he's one. He, my other brother's name is damn it. Damn it. You put that down right now. Jesus Christ. Why are you doing this? It's like, no, but dad, I'm not damn it. I'm Jesus Christ. That was a great special, uh, Bill Cosby himself. I don't know if, uh, many people nowadays are going to go out of their way to check that out, but well, they should. They should. That's, that's some quintessential comedy there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess we should come back around to an actual Geek News podcast at some point, huh? Uh, we may want to. We may want to. I guess we could do that. We got a lot of, got a lot of, uh, geek pop culture media stuff. Like, um, like, uh, you could tell us about this Deadpool movie release date. Now, years ago, it was announced Ryan Reynolds was going to be an, involved with that, but he was also announced to be involved with, you know, the Green Lantern flick, which came and went, and people wish never happened. So they're probably going to reboot that on the DC side, but Marvel has the Deadpool side of it. It's been in, in production limbo for years, and people were hoping that it would finally get off the ground. Rob Liefeld on his Twitter would say, hey, we've got a draft of the screenplay ready to go. Ryan Reynolds is ready to go. We just need the green light. And it looks like we finally have that. You know, it's funny. You mentioned about how this has been in development hell for a while. I didn't realize until how long this is um, superhero hype talking with Ryan Reynolds 
And Reynolds says, this has been in preparation for the past 11 years. It's like, holy shit, almost as long as uh, the Spider-Man movie initially. Um, but yeah, it looks like within the next couple of months, they're going to start uh, full swing production. And they do have a release date. And right now they're looking at February of 2016. So, I mean, really, that's only 13 months away. I'm pretty excited for it. Reynolds does say that they don't have the kind of money that most superhero movies do. So I'm, I guess, a little concerned by that. One thing this article doesn't clarify, and I don't know if there's anything out there that clarifies yet, people in our chat, or certainly hit Twitter, at uh, BB Broadcast, and let me know so I don't sound like a fool. I don't know if it's going to be all CG, like that little teaser that released that was released was, or if it's going to be live action. But having said that, it was certainly due to the success of that little teaser that got leaked that really forced Fox's hand in greenlighting this film. You could probably get around a lot of the production snafus that, that make budgets just balloon up by just deciding to go CG. I mean, I would be totally into it. I don't care. Live action, CG, whatever. I'm, I'm there. I, if there's something that I think they're missing the, the, the boat on is to, is, is to do like a Deadpool series or, you know, some more direct to video stuff. Cause he is such an awesome character. I've been digging ultimate Spider-Man on Disney XD lately. And I caught an episode last week with Deadpool in it, and it was too over the top for me. It, it was annoying. I, I had a hard time watching that episode. So I hope they strike a balance with the film where it's just not too out there. Um, of course, the, the question was brought up with Reynolds, asked him if he felt more pressure stepping into the role following the ups and downs of uh, 2011's Green Lantern. And he says, no, no, of course not. Uh, you have to have faith in the people you're working with, have faith in the prep, and that's all I'm doing. So, yeah, here's hoping that Deadpool does a lot better than 2011's Green Lantern did. It's got to it's gotta, it's gotta do better than, um, well, as we record this, the the new trailer for Fantastic Four reboot just hit the internet, and if you guys, I'm sure you've seen it by now as you listen to this, um, I don't think it looks that fantastic. Um, but then again, I've never been into the Fantastic Four. I saw those those last two movies, and I kind of wanted my money back, even though I didn't pay for it. I hit a lot of my favorite geek sites, um, and I'm seeing the same comments on a lot of the sites, and that's. After seeing the trailer, it doesn't even feel like a setup for a superhero film. You don't even get a glimpse of any of their powers or abilities. Um, and at the end, the, the last shot you see is the four of them after they've been transformed into these superheroes. And it's such a fleeting shot. You don't really get a good shot of the costumes or anything. I don't know how much of that is intentional. Unfortunately, we've been hearing a lot over the last few months about how this film has just been plagued with issue after issue after issue. You have uh, key grips and cameramen who have taken to Twitter and said, this is going to be a fucking abortion. Um, you don't really get that take from the trailer. I keep hearing that Dr. Doom in this iteration is a computer hacker. That's just weird. <laughs> Especially when you have a movie out now with uh, Chris Helmsworth as a hacker. It's just almost too ripe for, for fodder. But, um, yeah, I, we got more from the Star Wars trailer than we did from the Fantastic Four trailer. And for me, that's saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have lived without any Fantastic Four movies. I don't think they're like essential sets of characters. I mean, that's just me. I, I never read the comic. I couldn't get interested in that. Um, although the Roger Corman one from the early 90s that never was released, I did see that. That was pretty entertaining. It was just so terrible. Hero004 in the chat says, it looks like it's taking itself too seriously, and the trailer the trailer is comically similar to the inst inst bleh. <laughs> let's try that again. And the trailer is comically similar to the in interstellar trailer. Um <laughs> and it is. It, it it really is. Um Fox, of course, you know, it, it's the same thing with Sony and Spider-Man. They have Marvel characters, they don't want to uh, relinquish those rights back to Disney. So, of course, they're going to make that film uh, do what they're contractually obligated to do. Is it in everybody's best interest? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I wonder what's 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 stalling. Is it Disney not wanting to spend the money or Fox not willing to sell because they think they can stand to make more from potential box office receipts? Well, I'm sure you saw the original Fantastic Four movie. The, yeah. Um, 
that was beautiful. It really was. I, I enjoyed watching that. <laughs> I still check it out from time to time on YouTube. Um, I think that might be a better story, better pacing than what we're about to deal with now. But my understanding is, you know, it, it's with Spider-Man, with X-Men, with Fantastic Four, as long as they make the films within a certain timeline, they're going to continue to retain the rights to using those characters. I don't think Disney has an opportunity to steal these characters back away. I don't think they have any legal ground to do that they would have to wait for that contract to expire or uh, what we're hearing a lot with the case with sony with spider-man that because sony has destroyed the spider-man franchise so badly that they may be working out a profit sharing deal with marvel it doesn't look like uh, spider-man is going to be in civil war but he's probably going to be in Infinity War. That that was kind of leaked, quote quote unquote, last week. I say leaked because that's so far away. We have no idea what's going to happen. But I think it's pretty fair to say within the next five to eight years, we'll see Spider-Man in a Disney film and maybe not so much with Sony. Yeah, and then the question becomes, do they bring Andrew um... – What's his face? <laughs> Starfield. And, and I don't know if you've ever read any of the Sony leaked emails, but no. that was a big deal with Disney. Disney, not so much that they were bad movies. They hated that casting choice of having Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And they weren't willing to even have any negotiations of sharing the character if Garfield was going to reprise his role as Spider-Man. So the way things sit right now, it's pretty clear that even if they were to make a Spider-Man 3, it would not have Garfield attached to it. And um, a lot of what they've been planning, the Sinister Six movie and everything else, those might not be being made either because of how poorly Spider-Man 2 performed. I think you can introduce Spider-Man in the Disney Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe and not reveal his secret identity. Have him in a mask. Have him as a member of the Avengers going forward and then maybe a couple of films down the line, get into more of the background or whatever to reboot the character for Disney, I think would just be ridiculous. It would be such a waste of time. And j- just seeing some of the, the, uh, the sh- location shots for this Batman versus Superman and knowing that we're going to see Batman's um, origin again, even if it's brief, it's like, do we need to see it again? Every fucking reboot, every time we see this character, we have to see this origin again. That Yeah, we get it. You know, let's just go with the character. Give us little flashbacks later on. <laughs> How about no flashbacks ever? How about just do your damn research, people? It's called Google. Use it. <laughs> Wikipedia. It's there. It's all there. It's all there for you. Turn to the partner, ne- the person next to you in the theater and go, I, I don't know shit about Batman. What do I need to know? It's like. Nothing. He's got a low voice. He solves crime. Okay. It's really all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Oh God. Um, what else? They got other, other, they got other shit coming down the pipe. Um, uh, still in the Marvel verse X-Men. Of course, you got two sequels to uh, first class and days of future past, uh, in, in development right now. Age of apocalypse is the one next up. And then there's one after that. What? And then just like a, just straight out of nowhere, I did not see this coming. I did not see that it's like, what? Fox is going to develop a TV series. Now, what? And now what mutants would they focus on? What? Um, I, that's just crazy because Apocalypse is scheduled for the summer of 2016. And, uh, of course, Marvel has other TV deals locked in as well it's uh it's pretty interesting to to see this i mean did you ever expect the x-men verse to to come to tv sure absolutely why not um yes and that's dripping with sarcasm but yeah at this point it's not going to surprise me not with everything that dc is doing all over their networks with their characters and then other characters even coming to other networks like sci-fi um, Marvel, of course, with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and uh, Agent Carter. So, yeah, why not? Two things strike me about this, though. And the first is, didn't they try this once before? Do you remember a long time ago there was a, a mutant live-action show on Fox? Yeah. And I think it, it was called fare- Mutants, yeah? Yeah, and it didn't fare very well. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't know if the television treatment for the X-Men or any of that mutants is very viable. They've been somewhat successful on screen. There's been some hiccups um, along the way. We do know 
factually with these next films coming out that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are not going to be in those. That's been confirmed. So little sadness in that regard, but you know, that was the whole point of the last film to reboot the franchise and kind of establish uh, who's going to be in it. I guess, and of course I don't have it available right now. There were some uh, casting rumors uh, or official announcements. I'm not sure for Cyclops and a couple of the characters and they're all unknowns. And, some people were heavy sighing about that. I think it's a good idea. I like the thought of unknowns coming in and filling those roles because you, it's harder to prejudge them. And I think uh, nowadays, especially with the the internet and, and all the social media, we prejudge a lot of what's coming out according to who the actors and actresses are. So I kind of dig the idea of coming up with some unknowns and seeing what they can bring to the big screen. I mean, plus with with – with First Class and, and Days of Future Past, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender totally own those roles just as well, in my opinion, as Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. And, and you're going back in time to see the younger days of those characters anyway. So, you know, if you have Days of Future Past hitting the 60s or 70s, Age of Apocalypse, you know, probably going to happen to the 70s or the 80s and or the 90s or something. So they, they can they can milk that for, you know, a few more films. Robert J in the chat says Sophie Turner is well known for Game of Thrones. Um, I'm not sure who she's portraying in the X-Men universe, and I'm sure Robert will be more than happy to update me in the chat. But, um, okay, there's that. I think um, Jean Grey, possibly. To me, they're unknowns. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unknowns, because, like, we're the two geeks that don't know shit about Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, yeah, it's that show with lots of tits and ass and death, and it's on HBO. That's all we know. And, yes, Robert J clarified it as Jean Grey. Um, I guess my biggest concern is what kind of budget are we looking at? Is it going to look like this, you know, made for TV thing or are they going to ramp it up a little bit? I can't see them putting, you know, three, $4 million behind each episode. I, I don't know if that would pan out. <laughs> Hero 004 in our chat room says dragons and titties. That's another great, that's a, that's a, that's a nice name for Game of Thrones. Dragons and titties. I'd watch that. I think we should just make a show now called Dragons and Titties. <laughs> yeah. Just focus on that. That's nice. Dragons and Titties. As long as, maybe not Dragon Titties. That's probably a little much. Yeah, scaly, nasty. Ew. But hot because they're breathing fire. Fire-breathing titties. Oh, speaking of nasty, scaly titties, uh, Tara Reed. <laughs> nice transition. Pause for evil laughter. She's um, got scaly titties. She's got some ugly titties. I don't know if you remember a few years ago when she had that uh, wardrobe malfunction after she had her breasts enhanced, and it was just really disgusting to look at. It's kind of a botched job. But speaking of botched jobs, uh, she's coming back to reprise her role in sci-fi's Sharknado. They're going to be coming out with Sharknado three. Um, her and Ian Ziering. They're going to be both. Uh, reprising their roles for that. I haven't watched any of the Sharknados. I know they're really campy, and somehow they ended up just really garnishing this huge cult following. Have you checked any of them out? No. I um, I think that was right when I had cut my cable thing, but all I knew about it was that it was blowing up Twitter. People were just tweeting the shit out of that, and it just made this big splash. And then Sharknado 2 came out this past year, didn't seem to make that big of a splash, pardon the pun, but yeah. For Sharknado 2, it was sci-fi's most watched original movie ever, with 3.9 million total viewers. Now for Sharknado 3, this time the wind-toothy monster will cause mass destruction in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and tear down the eastern seaboard. Well, I don't know what I'd rather deal with, this blizzard or, or Sharknado, but neither sound pretty appetizing to me. <laughs> Not so much, especially with scaly titties. Scaly titties. Ew. Ew. Just no. Just so much wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, more news in the female uh, side of things. Female Ghostbusters. Now, we talked, uh, or maybe we haven't really talked about much about the Ghostbusters sequel in development, but... Uh, Director Paul uh, Fage has announced on his Twitter that the new female Ghostbusters team will uh, include Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones with a July 22nd, 2016 release date. 
which will be the same release date as the new live-action Power Rangers movie and uh, Guy Ritchie's take on King Arthur. So that should be an interesting weekend. I think people will go for the curiosity factor, um, probably myself included. We grew up in the heyday of, of Ghostbusters, the second one. Not so much, but the first one, definitely a staple. Um, sure. American icon, a landmark film. Yeah. Um, this, I guess, you know, the casting was on the nose. This is what people have been rumoring for a while, and it happens to be the people they speculated were going to be there. I hope that means they're confident. Um, what I'm curious about is if anybody from the original franchise is going to show up in this film to help with the transition. Uh, it's doubtful Bill Murray, but maybe Dan Aykroyd might pop up. Have that uh, that go between. I guess with this film, it's not a, a reboot. They're not starting from scratch. They're going to acknowledge that ghosts do exist, and in the past, perhaps some busting did take place. I don't know how on the nose they're going to be on that, but I know they're they're trying to avoid a lot of those winks and nods. They don't want to pour it on really thickly like the Star Wars prequels did, but to a certain extent, they are going to acknowledge that the events in the previous films did take place. All right. Well, I'm down for that because, you know, getting the original cast together was was not going to happen. And as as early as just a few years ago, they were just talking about, yeah, we're going to just pass the torch to a new, younger team. And the original iteration would have just been, you know, three or four or five more dudes, right? But, and then someone threw out there, hey, let's just make them all chicks. It's like, all right, that's a new spin on things. Um. Melissa McCarthy has had some success in TV and film. Um, I honestly am not familiar with the rest of the, of the cast announcements. I don't know their work as well, but uh, Melissa McCarthy uh, is very funny. What I, what I've seen her in. I hope it's not just ghostbusters with boobs, you know? Right. I have a little more depth to that. No, no, this is the deepest franchise out there. It's not, not like you're going to walk out of a film and have a three-hour debate on the merits. It's not like The Matrix or, or even Star Wars. Um, but I, I hope it's just not a bunch of jokes around the fact that it's chicks busting ghosts. Yeah, because that seems like the lazy way out. It's just going to have all the, all the typical tropes and all that. It's like, no, just just be funny. Just just make it funny. Have, have that, that, that sensibility and that that nostalgic kick in the balls that people love, like right in the feels. I, I like that. And of course, you know, they could just repackage the old Ghostbusters and Blu-ray and 4k and this, that, and the other, you put that in and that totally satisfies that, that scratches that itch. And, you know, if they never make another Ghostbusters movie, I'm totally okay with that. But yeah, my, my eyebrows go, what? This is, this is different. I'm interested. Um, you know, sometimes trailers can make or break it, too. You could have a great trailer and a shitty movie or a shitty trailer and a great movie. Usually it's the other way around. Great trailers and then the hype machine is so big that, you know, it's like there's no way the movie can meet the, match the hype of the trailer. Absolutely. I think a good throwback would be to use the original theme song for the film. <laughs> They're not going to just do a reboot version, like a hip-hop version? Have you know, uh, fill in the blank, whatever hip hop star, give Dr. Dre. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> we're so on top of hip hop here at the Big Bang. I know. We, we're so. You got a couple of old farts who are into metal and shit. Let's get a metal version, a death metal version. Ghostbusters. Hey, you know, I can get right on that. There's something strange in the neighborhood. Or Nate DeGreat in our chat room says, just a techno remix would be fine. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. I don't even know. So people who are listening to our, our podcast for the first time goes, what chat room? What the fuck are you people on? We have a chat room. We actually stream our show as we record it on Tuesday nights. And uh, if you want to know when and where, instead of me just telling you a URL, just uh, follow us on Twitter. And we will tweet that at BB Broadcast. When we go live, you'll know when and where to go. You click in. It's got a chat room set up, and it's got a, a you know a little icon for the Big Ball Broadcast. You click on that, and you can listen to the uh, live streaming audio as we record the episode and chime in with your thoughts. We got some. I'm going to give some shout outs to everyone in our chat right now. B. R. Olvera, Golden Panther, Hero, Nate DeGreat, and Robert J. Otaku Mama, and uh, thank you guys for for coming in, hanging in with the show. 
God, we're 10 episodes in already. Is that, is that wild that just this year is just coasting along? It's almost February now. What the fuck, man? It is for a couple of guys that thought this wouldn't even happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Every episode's a blessing. <laughs> totally. It is totally a blessing. Uh, what other shit is, um, in the, in the reboot news? It seems like you found nothing but reboot news. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to preface it like that. What else is being rebooted? Uh, well, let's see. Um, the Smurfs are getting rebooted. Uh, did you watch the Smurfs growing up? Uh, I, I did a little, and I never thought it was funny. I never thought it was really that particularly entertaining. I think my brother was more into it than I was. I was like, oh, they're kind of cute, and that's about it. And then you have these two really shitty live-action CG hybrid movies. Um, that I guess the first one made a, enough money to warrant a sequel, and then the sequel probably just didn't do shit. It's pretty wild when we talk about nostalgia, our childhood, the cartoons we watch. For some reason, Smurfs isn't anywhere near the top of that list, but apparently there's enough people that dig it, they want to check it out some more. Uh, this reboot, fortunately... A is going to be entirely animated, and B is it's alleged to be a lot closer to the original Payo comics. So it's got that. Now, of course, uh, Jonathan Winters, since he has passed, will not be reprising his role of Papa Smurf. So we have uh, I can't even pronounce this person's last name. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's, Are you that baked already? I'm getting there. Um, I'm progressing finally. Um, but it's Mandy Patek. Oh, Patinkin. Patinkin. Yeah, Mandy Patinkin is going to be uh, the voice of Papa Smurf. And as I said, this is going to be all animated, closer to the original comics, more back to the, the roots of the Smurfs. So I'm hoping, if anything, it's going to do better than the uh, live, action, live action CG films that came before it. But at the end of the day, it's still Smurfs. I, I don't know what the demand is out there for Smurfs. Ataku Mama in the chat says, so no Neil Patrick Harris. It's like, no, probably not. You know, people love Neil Patrick Harris, but I think that was just a paycheck, kind of like it was for the voice cast, you know, Katy Perry and and, and whatnot. But hey, if you bring Inigo Montoya, you kill your father, prepare to die, I, I would do that. Even with that accent, if he just, he just brings back Inigo Montoya, then Papa Smurf will be cool. Papa Smurf's not cool. He's communist. Hey, Ming Chen's in the, in the, in the chat. Look at that. Ming from Comic Book Men. Isn't that awesome? Hey, Ming. Uh, Ming! What's up, Ming? I feel like a celebrity now. You feel special? I feel special. I do. Special. What's going on? That's crazy. Oh, man. What else were we looking at? So I'll you say Smurfs reboots. There's more reboots. You have even more reboot shit, right? I'll hit you with another reboot. Um, do you remember GoBots? GoBots? Uh, I remember GoBots as like they want to be Transformers, but... Um, they couldn't quite be. They're kind of like the dollar store transformers, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, it seems that according to TFW 2005, which apparently is a diehard transformer site, Hasbro, which bought out Tonka years ago, has applied for a brand new GoBots trademark and is implied with this application the desire to expand the GoBots line. Now, this brand uh, has trademark attached to it that would allow Hasbro to make money off of quote distribution of movie pictures, ongoing television programs, and which means there could be a new GoBot series or feature film coming your way. Dude, I before even Transformers, I remember uh remember Micronauts? Or even the the, the giant uh fucking Japanese shit from like Oh god, what was this fucking called? They probably even had this folk, uh, the toys on um, Comic Book Men. Ollie's. You smoking some herb over there, Kyle? I'm smoking some herb. <laughs> no, I, it seems like I should be, though. But yeah, I, I remember GoBots. Um, I'll, I'll share something personal from my past with the, uh, with the chat here. Um, one of the only things I ever shoplifted in my life many, 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 many moons ago when I was... Uh, when I was an adolescent, when I was too young to go to jail, I did steal a, uh, a GoBot, I believe from a Kmart. I don't remember the name or, or what it transformed into or anything. It really left that much of an impact on me. But yeah, they've always been the uh, the, the the cheaper Transformers, and 
Yeah, I mean, why not? If, if Transformers has shown so much so much success with its its feature films, its toy line still going on very strong since the eighties. Oh yeah. Uh, now I thought GI Joe would never die as far as the action figures went because those were incredibly popular when we were growing up. But that that line's pretty dead. But Transformers seem to have never died down. So if you could introduce another line of transforming robots and not necessarily competing head to head with Transformers and then having uh, another franchise attached to that. I think my kids uh, who are four and seven would love that. They'd be ecstatic about that. Uh, for somebody like me who always understood the difference between the two, probably not so much. Um, Micronauts, ironically, I believe they did uh, a few crossovers way back in the day with a lot of Marvel comic titles. And I think, you know, especially since we've said it on the podcast, it might be a, just a matter of time before we have an announcement that, hey, guess what's coming next, kids? <laughs> Micronauts. Nate DeGreat in a chat says, uh, anyone remember Mighty Orbots? Now that I do not know. I mean, there's a lot of obscure shit that probably had like one season of, a, of an animated series and maybe a a little toy line that just came and went. I have no recollection of that Voltron. I do remember people are asking about Voltron. Oh yeah. I was in high school. We were in high school when Voltron hit and we had like the two series, one with the cars and one with the lions. Voltron was big. I, I dug the Voltron with the lions. Absolutely. Yeah. My brother was really heavily into that. And I, I got more into Robotech and then uh, he, he was as well. He totally dug that good stuff. So we got all the re- the reboot news out of the way. I have one more reboot. What another um, one? I had to save this one for last. Oh shit! This, okay. Believe it or not, there's a reboot that gets me a little excited. I know, I know. Take a moment, let that sink in. But Fox confirms X Files reboot talk. Whoa, 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 now, whoa! Now listen. Not only have they confirmed that they're talking about rebooting the X Files, but they're talking about doing it with Gillian Anderson. And um, Mulder, what the fuck? David Duchovny. David Duchovny. Um, Duchovny, to my knowledge, is the only one who's come out and commented so far, and he was like, absolutely. If you want to start doing this next week, I'm on board. What do I sign? Um, my only concern is, and you're talking to a big X-Files fan. I've referenced that on many shows. I dug the X-Files. Yeah, some of the Monster of the Week episodes were really stupid. I dug the the overall arc with the the aliens, and I, yeah, I know nowadays it's it's a little cheesy, but I dug it. I dug uh, where it was going, but I hated where it ended. And I don't know if they plan on retconning any of that stuff. I kind of hope they do, although technically it's all canon. I hope they try to fix some of that shit. The last movie was horrible, so all right. If they can explain away some of that stuff and kind of pick up where they left off, it'd be interesting to see where these characters are years later. Uh, what's going on, if, if they're any closer to actually discovering the truth of, of what's going on. But yeah, I, I will admit this is probably the most excited I've ever been about a reboot. I got I got burned out on X-Files. I remember when it was at its height of popularity, and I was on board with it. I was loving it, and the Smoking Man and all that stuff. Who I, I met William Davis a few months ago at a, at a tiny convention in Canada. Very, very nice guy. Uh, but um yeah, it just it just became it just wouldn't end, and then it just kind of lost steam. But it kept going. David Duchovny left. They brought in um, Robert Patrick, and uh, you know they started changing people, bringing like Lucy Lawless and all this different stuff, and it just went on and on and on. And eventually Duchovny came back, but I have no idea if that show ever regained any of its momentum. No, it didn't. And once Duchovny left, it took a lot of wind out of his sails. Speaking of which, um, Lone Gunman was pretty interesting, too. And it's too bad that burned out too quick. That was a pretty cool spinoff. Didn't the pilot episode of that basically have to do with terrorists flying planes into skyscrapers or something? It's like a little impending doom, doom and gloom there. It was pretty much the entire breakdown to 9-11, pre-9-11, which is, you know, you get to find that on all the conspiracy sites about, look, they knew in advance about the attacks of 9-11, which, of course, they didn't, but it was just a real creepy coincidence. Oh, my God. But what I've always dug about X-Files is some of the, the stuff that would 
miss a lot of people, I think. A lot of people think that maybe they're just talking mumbo-jumbo or whatever. I remember an episode, they were talking about uh, this German scientist that was part of this whole conspiracy, and he was brought over from the States uh, during Operation Paperclip. And if you look up Operation Paperclip, it was a real program that the United States used uh, immediately after World War II to get German scientists into the hands of the U.S., bring them over here and utilize their technology. So Carter, in making X-Files, certainly did go out of his way to use as much real-life precedent to what was going on. A a lot of the things they talk about, there's actually historical and governmental fact behind that. So I've always enjoyed that. And that's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to. Of course, like I said, the alien stuff gets a little campy, but it's the other stuff, the, the... little Easter eggs that I really enjoy picking out of each episode. As long as they give that guy from the history channel documentaries on there that just said, I'm not saying it's aliens, but aliens, you know, the guy with the, the big hair, he needs to have a cameo at least. I fucking hate ancient. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it is the stupidest show out there. Everything, you know, gunpowder, aliens, uh, Flight, aliens, uh, everything's fucking aliens. My cat, aliens. No, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, X-Files was different. X-Files was, I think it was ahead of its time when it when it came out. And- oh, yeah. Great, great stuff. A lot of character actor stuff. Brad Dourif was, was fantastic as this, you know, death row killer in an episode. Uh, Beyond the Sea was the episode. Fantastic. Loved it. And the smoking man, he is just so badass. My favorite episode is a diary of a cigarette smoking man, which is his whole backstory where they put him in the assassin's role during uh, JFK's assassination and all these really significant things that happened throughout modern history were all because of him and his affiliates. And this is a great, great episode. And again, yeah, I'm just, I'm bubbling over with excitement for more X-Files. My favorite factoid about the cigarette smoking man is that he didn't actually smoke. Those were like herbal cigarettes. They were. They were, uh, for the most part, clove cigarettes. He was entirely opposed to inhaling tobacco, which is hilarious. But <laughs> as it sit there and chain smoke through, through this entire episode. But <laughs> yeah, so much smoke. Oh, my God. I wonder if it made him become a smoker. I should have asked him. It's like, do you still not smoke? Are you totally into it now? Need my cloves. Need my fix. <laughs> Right. Of course. Um, I have some uh, a little reboot news. It's not really news. It's just more of a rumor. Deadline is reporting that Disney and Lucasfilm are eyeing Chris Pratt for Indiana Jones. What? You know, um, now Harrison Ford says he, he'd be on board to come back for, for another adventure, even though, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and all that shit, you know, it. I wouldn't say bombed. It made a lot of money, mostly because people were just, you know, curious to see a train wreck. And boy, did they get one. <laughs> it's like, we like to pretend that doesn't exist. There's the Indiana Jones trilogy. There's not four films. And I say, no, there's, only, there's not even a trilogy. There's just one, okay? Raiders. Raiders. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I love Raiders, but I also loved um, the third one. Yeah, I'll ask your say. It's fine. I thought it was great. The second one, not so much. And then, of course, the fourth one, that was absolute uh, horribility. Um, my concern, I think everybody's concern with the fourth one was they were setting up for Shia LaBeouf to uh, take the reins. And that was kind of scary. It's like, please, no, don't make him the next Indiana Jones. So with, with this announcement that Pratt's being pretty heavily eyed for the role, I'll say this. And this will be my whole takeaway from that announcement. Harrison Ford was Han Solo in Star Wars prior to being Indiana Jones. And I saw Star Wars in 77, mm-hmm. and then I saw Indiana Jones, well, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, when that came out. And I didn't, I mean, I did, don't get me wrong. As a kid, you, you of course understood it was the same actor. But you weren't watching the film saying, well, that's Harrison Ford uh, being Han Solo, being Indiana Jones. It was a role he owned. He assumed it. I said the same thing about Johnny Depp. And I'm not the biggest Johnny Depp fan. There's some films that I like that he's in. But he assumes every role that he's in. And it's not your typical fare. You're not seeing the same thing in in every production. So having said that, there was a huge distinction between uh, Ford's portrayal of Harrison, uh, of Han Solo and of Indiana Jones. 
which I appreciated. It differentiated the characters. I could go in and they all felt fresh. If Pratt can bring that to the table, then absolutely. I don't want to see Guardians of the Galaxy taking place in the past. No, no, but I mean it's a little bit of foreshadowing if this if this happens because the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy, director James Gunn said one of his favorite films is Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that whole him you know going into the temple and finding the little object and everything that that's straight out of Raiders. The way it's shot, the way it's visualized, and everything it's total homage right there. And Chris Pratt's character Star Lord is pretty much like a, a more buffoonish kind of Han Solo take and he's great in that role and i'm sure he's going to be fine in jurassic world and all that but i mean is he going to be like the next harrison ford eh, we'll see we'll see i'm open to it because i really think he's charismatic and funny and, and and really fun to watch i'm so much more open than having harrison ford come back again i think it's just kind of embarrassing at this point and so much more open than shia labeouf coming in and assuming the role so I'm more excited now for an indie reboot or continuation than I have been, but there's that cautious optimism, I guess you want to call it, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very cautious, but uh, cautious on the air of, I think I, I, I could buy that. I'd buy that for a dollar. It kind of escaped me that Disney actually purchased the rights to the Indiana Jones franchise. I I forgot all about that. And then doing a little bit of research before the show, it's like, holy shit, Disney bought the rights in 2013. So what the fuck doesn't Disney own right now? Uh, There's not much. There's really not much. I guess the Marvel properties that Fox has and Sony, but that's about it. They own everything else. The one thing I think we're both in full agreement about is that Disney does take care of their properties. I don't think they're going to come in and half-ass this. Um, as much as we could just make fun of George Lucas for the rest of this episode, I'd actually like to see some involvement with Lucas and Spielberg with uh, bringing Indy to the, the next iteration. I don't think everything they brought to the, the script and to the screen was bad, per se, so... Even though we don't really want you meddling in Star Wars, George, maybe a little bit in indie would be okay. Yeah. You're just mentioning how it's like it'll just look embarrassing to see Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones again. We are going to see him as Han Solo again. <laughs> I don't know how much, but, you know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And and if if uh, if you take what, what Mark Hamill says with any real weight, it, it's a send-off with uh, Episode 7. Yeah, you're going to see them, but... They're not going to be around for long. They're not going to be in eight and nine. And if they are, it's not going to be anything uh, truly meaningful. So I can take that. I, I could, it, it's, and it's not his film. It's not Han Solo's film. You're not expecting the entire weight on his shoulders. He's a character in, in part of that universe, unlike Indiana Jones, where that's the focus. Um, and it was embarrassing, I think, to watch, uh, Crystal Skull. He's yeah. not spry and, even sharp as he was back in the day. So yeah, yeah. the more I think about it, uh, maybe Pratt is definitely the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, even if it's a crappy film, at least he'll be good in it. <laughs> you could say Harrison Ford may not be in all great movies, but he's still fun to watch. One thing while we're talking about uh, Lucas and Star Wars real quick is I got some clarification about we had talked uh, quite a few episodes back. There were some rumors going around that Lucas hadn't watched the trailer for episode seven because he wanted to go in really fresh. Well, that wasn't true. He he did watch the trailer and what he saw certainly has him intrigued, but that's all he's aware of with this new movie is just watching the trailer. I thought for sure he'd at least do a couple set visits, maybe just for shits and giggles. Abram would let him thumb through some pages of the script, but apparently that has not been the choice. And from Lucas's own mouth, he's seen the trailer. He's going to see the full trailer, of course, once that debuts, but that's as far as he's going before watching the film. He's not looking for any spoilers or anything online, so that's kind of interesting as as a owner-creator of this tremendous franchise to kind of, I don't know if you want to call it faith, but say, I want to go in like everybody else. I want to go in like all the other movie-going audience and just enjoy it for what it is. His biggest regret is that he never got to enjoy Star Wars. He never got to sit in the front row and watch that big ship come across the screen for the first right. time and, and have all that enthusiasm about it. So it's interesting, I think, for him to kind of say, no, no, I'm just going to wait and be very patient. I'm going to watch it with those fresh eyes like everybody else. 
Yeah, plus he, he he's dealing with the, uh, I don't know about embarrassment, but I mean, when they when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they also kind of took his treatment for Episode 7 and flushed that down the toilet, too. It's like, nah, thanks, George, but we're going to go in a different direction. He's saying, and I don't know how much of this is true, but that this was his plan, that this year he, he was planning to release Episode 7, and eh, I, I don't know if that's really necessarily factual, but whatever, George. Yeah. Whatevs. Whatevs. God, well, that's about all I have. How about you? I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. I, we I got, got nothing. Dick. Do what now? I, said, I got dick. <laughs> you got dick. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's a different kind of podcast, folks. That's, got a, that's a New England thing for saying nothing. I got dick. I got dick. Boy, yeah, I'm going to have to learn all these local clo- colloquialisms. Just like saying, bless your heart, is not really a nice thing. It just means that you're stupid. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. Uh, all right. Well, you guys, thanks for checking out our uh, our show. We've got this episode, and we've got like nine others that you could check out on Smodco. Uh, go to Smodcast.com. Click all the linky, linky links to uh, Smodco Internet Radio. And uh, you'll find this vast archive of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours of audio, eargasm, entertainment, uh, tons of awesome shows. And we are very, very proud to be part of the Smodco family. So thanks so much for listening in. We're going to head out for now. But until next time, this is Kyle Bear, And this is Other World Steve. See ya. Special thanks to Will Wilkins and Jason Peer. Music provided by iShine, Perimeter of the Void, and Zero Reynolds. Follow us on Twitter at BB Broadcast and email thebigballbroadcast at gmail.com. SoundCloud wants to make it easier for you to get all of your favorite Smodco podcasts at home or on the go. Get the SoundCloud app today, and you can follow and get your podcast on with your computer or smartphone. Guess what else? The podcasts are on SoundCloud before anywhere else. Go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and get your free app and SoundCloud account today. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir... Only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>